336 Daily, Baltimore Sports Talk, every morning. Hey guys, good morning. It is Monday, August 12th, and I told you ahead of time that this was going to be a rough weekend, a rough week, a really rough stretch for the Orioles as they had four games with the Yankees, three games with Houston, and then uh, we'll talk about starting another series this afternoon for four more games against the Yankees. So it's a rough patch. So let's try to, uh, let's focus on the good and the fact that the Orioles stole a win from the Astros on Sunday night. So, uh, or Sunday, I guess that's an afternoon game that broke them of the five-game skid. We got to see Rio uh, Ruiz come and hit a walk-off two-run shot. It landed on Utah Street. It is the second home run walk-off to land on Utah Street like in Camden Yards history. The first one, I believe, was uh, Luke Scott in 2008. So it was a nice shot. If you were watching the game, as soon as the ball hit the bat, you knew it was gone. And just a fun atmosphere considering that on Sunday, on Saturday, they lost 23 to 2. So it was nice to have that a little positively going into New York instead of, uh, sit losing six straight. They could get off the five game skid and move on to New York. So that's exciting. Friday, uh, was a two, three to three loss and it was the 89 why not game or reunion. So I want to talk about that in segment two. We'll get to that for a couple minutes. But uh, the Orioles today, they optioned Taylor Scott. It'll be interesting to see what they do because tomorrow's a doubleheader on Monday, or today is a doubleheader. And Yanoa uh, pitches at 1 p.m. and not sure who's pitching at 7 p.m. yet. And then we play Tuesday at 7 p.m., Wednesday at 1 p.m., off on Thursday, and then head to Boston to continue just this crazy stretch of tough games for the Orioles. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who the Orioles bring up to replace Taylor Scott, who they bring up for the doubleheader as you can hold an extra man. Um, all right. Everyone freaks out when the Orioles lose bad. And the Orioles lost bad on Saturday, 23-2. to I don't know how you are. I'm the type of fan where I understand this season's bad. I understand that these games are ugly and that the Orioles are going to be embarrassing sometimes. So once it hit 20-1, to I wanted to see the 30-3 to record go away. I wanted to see them pass 30 runs. But they didn't. They got 23, which is still embarrassing. But people freak out at that point. And by freak out, I mean the Baltimore Post examiner. I feel like we keep talking about this. Because the Baltimore Post examiner writes an article. And what's their headline for Sunday? The Orioles may move to Nashville. What's their... Not... What's, why are they saying this? What type of information do they have? Peter Angelos is getting old, and he's 90 years old, and his sons might not want to keep the team. That's all subjective. The fact in that line, Peter Angelos is getting old. We all know that. Uh, more subjective in that article would be when they say that the team could be valued around a billion dollars to sell to someone. I don't know how the math works. I don't think the Orioles are selling for a billion dollars. They also point out that this season, the Orioles are 14th in attendance of the 15 American League teams. So you leave out all those National League teams 
So basically, they're ahead of Tampa. But there's National League teams that are struggling too and have a better chance of moving than the Orioles. They leave out the fact that we have a ballpark that is praised in every year as one of the best places. They leave out the fact that there's no such thing as a buyer in Nashville yet. They leave out the fact that Nashville is a small market team. And instead they harp on the fact that the Orioles have lost uh, attendance since the Nats came in. It's a fake news type article where they wanted to get clicks because they saw that the Orioles had a big loss. On Sunday, the Orioles had an attendance of 18, just under 18,000 people. And those weren't Yankee fans. It was the Houston Astros. And yeah, the Astros just won the World Series a couple years ago. So they've got some fans all over the place. And they're a fun team to watch. But 18,000 for a Sunday afternoon is not the type of numbers that a team that's leaving a city brings. So again, for the 700th time, for the 18,000 reasons, the Orioles are not leaving Baltimore. And any of these blogs, websites, and newspapers that keep writing articles about the Orioles leaving Baltimore, it's disrespectful, it's not creative, and it's easy it's easy clickbait. So just don't pass on this this fake news. It's make them force them. When the Orioles are losing, it's easy to write about the team moving. Well, you know what's hard is writing about what the Orioles are doing well. Write about the minor league teams. Write about the difference Hyde's making in the clubhouse. It's way easier easier to write an article about Chris and Chris Davis striking out four times on Sunday. But you won't write that. He also got a, on his fifth plate appearance, it was a sack fly that scored a run that set up the ability to then win the game in a walk-off with Ruiz. They won't write about that. They're going with the easy clicks. So again, the Orioles aren't moving. They're not going to Nashville. Why would Nashville, a small town like Nashville, be able to bring out more people than Baltimore? It makes no sense, and it's just for clicks. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Why Not reunion on Friday night in just a moment. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's now the home for Section 336, 336 Daily, and Film Study with Ken McCusick because it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything you want in one place. You can record and edit on the website or the app. If you don't know what you're doing with audio, no problem. And they take care of the distribution. They get you onto iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all that stuff. And again, they'll help you monetize it with little ads like this. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. All right, Friday night, the Why Not reunion, 30th year and uh, anniversary, 30 year anniversary. That's what I'm working for. Did you guys go? I'm kind of jealous. I that's the 89 Orioles is one of my favorite Orioles seasons, uh, definitely the one of my childhood that secured my love and passion for the Orioles. Uh, there's a great video we all know is the Why Not video, and on Section 336, we did a Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of it where we could kind of tell this generation, like share with this generation how it impacted us and our thoughts on it. So you should check that out on the YouTube page. I'll try to share that out on Twitter later today. Anyway, uh, the 20 players showed up. 
And it was just a cool little celebration. And it got me thinking about that 89 season. And does that parallel to this season? Really, I don't think it does. I think baseballs ran differently with rebuilds and time-ins and everything now compared to it was in the late 80s, 90s. But think about it. that In 88, the Orioles were horrible. They lost 21 straight games in a row to start the season. And that left in, I don't think you called it a rebuild then, but it forced a rebuild where the Orioles... Um, had to bring in new people, had to bring in rookies and fresh eyes. I mean, Ripken was on there as a veteran, and there were some other veterans. But you think of Greg Olson, who came in as a rookie because the Orioles were so bad, he might not have had that chance on another team. And he got 27 saves and ended up winning Rookie of the Year. So I think that's pretty exciting. Um, That team had a lot of guys that then went on to play good baseball. Who again, who knows what if they would have even been on the team if the Orioles weren't so horrible in 88. You had Brady Anderson, uh, Steve Finley, Mike Devereaux, Mickey Tettleton, Kurt Schillen. How many of you guys even knew that Kurt Schillen was on the Orioles? Um, I'm not sure if he was there on Friday night or if he even got the invite. Because a lot of... Uh, I don't think people like to be around Kurt Schilling right now. But, you know, that was back in the day where the Orioles won. I remember that 89 game because we were playing the Red Sox in opening day. This team that we lost a ton the year before, and we had to face Roger Clemens. And we won. We beat him. And that's when things started to feel a little different. And, and it seemed like then every year after that we kind of thought – Win opening day, and then you get a little positive, a little excited, and be like, hey, maybe this team's going to surprise us this year. Now, they didn't most of the time until you get to 2012. So there's a big, I mean, that's not true. The late 90s and stuff, we had good teams. But you didn't have that magic of the unexpected like you had in 89 until you got on 2012. So I'm sure we're going to see Buck Showalter back in Baltimore, maybe in like 20, 25 years, whenever they and. Manny Machado, get him back, and all these other guys from the 2012. Because the Buckle Up Birds were so similar to those Why Not teams as it was just unexpected, and all you knew is, wow, they keep winning. And it's just it's so much fun to have unexpected things like that. I don't know if that can happen in baseball anymore. I think it's really hard with how you rebuild and how it's all planned on paper and you're managing uh, service time and all that stuff. I think it's really hard. But you never know. And that's why baseball is great. So maybe like this season and seeing the, bringing those guys back around and remind, telling this team of guys who many of them weren't alive when this 89 season happened, but to tell them about this season and this season where they went from worse to uh, being a playoff team, well, almost in there, um, that should be some excitement. And maybe that's the type of thing that the Orioles can kind of use and motivate to say, hey, when we're going into this offseason, there's going to be plenty of opportunities now for you to showcase. We talked last week about how we had – there's guys on this team that would not be on a major league roster, and they're getting a chance to play every day like Anthony Santander. Santander. 
and getting a chance to show that they can make it in the bigs. And that's got to be exciting. That's the type of stuff that all these newspapers that are looking for the, the clickbait, they should be writing about these guys who shouldn't be in the majors but are getting a chance with the Orioles and in some ways proving that they deserve to be on a 25-man roster, even outside of Baltimore, because they got the chance. So anyway, those are the positive things going on. Maybe the 89 Orioles can motivate the 2019 Orioles to start thinking about the 2020 Orioles. I hope so, because I hope that after this season, we start to see slight improvements, because there's more ugliness in this season. We start this afternoon, 1 p.m., in New York. Now, the Orioles generally have been playing decent in New York, but the the Yankees just killed us in Baltimore. So sit back, relax, and expect more of the same.